Have you ever said to yourself, I gotta get out of here? Then this episode, it's just for you. You ready? Let's work. Wagwan, how you doing? How is your soul? It is an honor and a joy to be back with you for the Soul Work with San podcast, where we believe your soul is worth the work. Now, if you've noticed, we're making some changes because it's so important to me as we're doing this show to make little improvements and just progress along the way. So I love receiving feedback from y'all. As always, the email is open. Hello at soulworkwithsan.com. Hit me up. I am open to hearing your suggestions if you have any. Uh, So one of the things we did was we shortened our introduction. And we're also just making some little tweaks and changes. The music is a little different. Because this season, I want it to be a bit more of an immersive experience for you. Why? Because this is episode one of season four. And this season, we have to talk about transition. It's literally everywhere, fam. People have been on the move. Some of it voluntarily, some of it not so much. So can we talk about why it is that divorce is on the rise and why it is that millions of people in the month of July, it was about 4 million people. And then in August, about 4.2 million people quit their jobs. So that's from a relational standpoint, people are quitting, friendships are breaking up. I think we've all seen the insecure season four with the whole friendship uh, dynamic. And that was a part of a greater conversation with our within our community of people who are simply saying, mm, this friendship, it's not working out. So they've what? They've moved on. So from a relational standpoint with friendship and divorce, then we have the economic standpoint of people walking away from their jobs. They're literally just quitting. And I'd be remiss to use the language of the saints if I do not include how many people are leaving the church. And so this whole topic was weighing heavy on my heart for months because I do believe we have to have constructive, edifying conversations about what it means to make a transition in your life. The question that this whole season is based on is, how do you know when it's time to go? Because at some point in your life, you are going to have to get out. Okay, so with all of that said, I'm praying everything is well with y'all. I'm grateful to say that all is well over here. Now let's get into the show. What I found when I was doing study for the process of transition is there are several stages that make up what a full transition is. And the thing that I'm learning in my own process, I went through a big transition a couple years ago where uh, Rue and I, we moved our family from one state uh, all the way down to here in Florida. And it's it's been filled with lessons. It's been quite the education. And the thing that I'm learning as I'm coming out of that full transition is that people actually need tools 
to be able to transition well. Because when we don't have those tools, we can leave a place and the place not leave us. And I don't think there's anything more damaging to your potential than to carry things that you should have left when you left the place. So I want us to do a quick story time. You knew it was coming. You knew it was coming off key. Argue with your mom. I love you so much. (laughs) I want us to use the story of the four lepers. Why? Because when we talk about the stages of transition, we've got to deal with stage one. And stage one is the ache, the itch, the initial space of restlessness where you know, hold on a minute, this ain't hitting like it used to. That comfort isn't there the way it used to be. Where's this tension coming from? How come it's not, there's not a flow anymore? Why does this feel so dry? All of those descriptions can be applied to whatever your dynamic is, whether it's in a relationship or a job or at your church, wherever you serve, whatever it is, you know that the very first stage that hits you when it is time to go is that restlessness, the restlessness in your soul. So now let's journey to the book of 2 Kings chapter 7. If you start at verse 3, you'll be right there. What is happening? Well, There's a war going on. The Syrians are the enemy. They have taken all of the goodies, if you will, of the children of Israel. They've got all all their stuff. And there's this massive level of turmoil and tension. Now, set within that are these four leprous men. Leprosy back then, huge deal. It is not as common in our current era. But during that time, it was actually seen as like a manifestation of sin in your life, right? So one of the things that would happen is it was incredibly humiliating. It was ostracizing. This is not the same situation as, oh, I don't like you because you took my neighbor's cow or I don't like you. You coveted my wife. No, if you had leprosy during that time, you first of all were completely outcast. You were thrown away from the community that you were once in. You then had to walk around yelling unclean, unclean about yourself. Can you imagine Like everywhere you go, you get up, you have to go to the market or run your errands during that time. And you see the kid that you grew up with in your neighborhood and you have to literally yell out unclean so that the people would stay away from you. I'm painting this picture on purpose because it shows the depths of not only their physical ailment, but their spiritual and mental ailment. And that's going to be important a little later. But here you have these four men. They have no community beyond themselves now because of the place that they're now in. And you know what? A funny thing happens to them. They're sitting at the gates of their city and they reach a certain place in their desperation and in their discomfort. There's a restlessness that occurs. Part of it is probably hunger. The other aspect of it is the awareness that if we don't do something now, it's going to be very detrimental for our future later. If we don't make this decision, 
the decision that will then be made for us out of this indecision will likely lead to our death. That tension, that place of restlessness is where they turn to one another and they say, wait a minute. It's as if the light comes on. They say to each other, why sit here until we die? If we say we'll enter into the city, then the famine is still in the city, then we'll die there. But if we sit still, we'll die here. So you know what? Let's go to the host of the Syrians. If they save us, then we'll live. If they kill us, then we'll die. But if we stay right here, we're going to die. Fam, the thing that grabs me, um, we've, I've actually talked about this in previous episodes of the show. I'll do my best to link it into the show notes so that you can see it. And that way you can hear the final story ending, uh, that it all worked out. The lepers essentially were the catalyst for the deliverance of the people. And God once again remains undefeated when it comes to stepping in for the lives of his children. But I have to bring out a couple of points here that are so crucial to our development. Why did I take my time with painting the picture of these leprous men? Because we've all been there. We've been on the job. We've worked on those projects at work. We've been in our relationships with friends or with a a boyfriend, girlfriend, spouse, what have you. We've been in churches where you're serving and you're showing up on a regular basis and you find this tight tension. Another way of saying it is you start to experience a pressure. And this is not a a regular pressure that is supposed to produce diamonds, if you will, right? Like this is not the pressure that grows you. This is the pressure that pushes you out. And what I mean by that is you get to a place where you say, wait a minute, I now have to examine and evaluate the landscape of my life. Those lepers, they literally sat amongst each other and they said, what do we have to lose? We might die anyway. I remember talking to a friend of mine who was trying to figure out like, what is she going to do with school? She wanted to make certain career changes. And, you know, you, you have those moments where you're just vacillating. Do I do this? Do I do that? What are the choices that I should make in this environment? Should I go back to school? If I go to school, that's going to be a whole nother four years. Or if I get my master's, that's another two years. What should I do? And the crazy thing is, it's similar to the leprous men. I said to her, the time is going to pass anyway. It's going to pass. You might as well do the thing that when you look back for two years from now, six years even, you won't have the sense of not only regret, but the cousin of regret is hopelessness. And that's what happens when we find ourselves being loyal to an idea, a principle, a relationship, an organization that will never actually lead us into a future worth enjoying. So when we have those dynamics at work, when we're thinking about our life choices, the crazy thing about transition is it really is just a series of decision-making. So here's the thing, effective transitions 
are really the act of wise decision making. The choices that I'm making to either leave or stay, which one is wise? And a small quick tip, if I can throw it in here, you can always know the right way to go. Should I choose this path? Should I choose that one? Should I stay at this job? Should I choose the other one? Should I go to this church? Should I go to that one? Should I marry this guy or that guy? Should I be with this woman or that woman? Marry. Okay. Let's be clear. Um, The key to good decision-making is a question that I've started to ask myself to filter my decisions. Does this make me more like Jesus? And not in that glorious, elevated, promotional way, because that's not the goal. The goal is, am I more loving? Am I more generous? Will this decision give me more margin or does it make me more busy? Because if I'm more busy, then I'm more hurried. And if I'm more hurried, then I'm less patient. And if I'm less patient, then I'm less like Jesus. And so the goal in decision-making when it is time to decide whether you leave or stay, a filtering question that you can ask yourself is, will this make me more loving? If I stay here, will I grow in love here? If I stay with her, will I grow in love as a person, not just in love with the individual, as a person. If I stay at this job versus taking the other opportunity, are there areas of growth, not just for my own self-promotion, but for actual, perhaps this new job will give you margin of time. Perhaps it will increase your salary, sure, And the increase of the salary can then be put into places. So here's an example. Now you have a job that the increase of salary allows you to pay for domestic help that you no longer have to do, which opens the door for you to spend more time with friends or community or your children or your spouse. And those things are life-giving activity that helps you be more loving. You you feel what I'm saying? So I want to close out by talking about two points that I think would be so helpful from this story of the leprous men. And the first one is this. A lot of times when we see affliction or tension, we start going, what in the world? Why would this happen? You know, how, how could the enemy, it's the devil, he done showed up in my house. We love blaming the devil. And we love blaming our neighbor. We love saying that it's the supervisor. We love saying that it's the spouse, it's the other person. And I just want to say sometimes that space of tension and internal turmoil, that's the Holy Ghost himself. Proof, Matthew 4. You look at what happened with Jesus. He just finishes being affirmed by his father. And then the scriptures tell us the Holy Spirit led him into the wilderness. More proof is the story time we just came out of. These leprous men found themselves in a predicament of desperation that squeezed them to do what? To make a move. They said, I got to get out of here because if I stay, I'm going to die. Now, the other option is on one hand, here's what I know. I know that if I stay here, if we all stay here, we're going to die. What's the other option? Well, the other option, there's an 
a choice. There's a possibility of life. Well, let's walk towards the life. That was the Lord's orchestration. If you look at the whole text, you read all of 2 Kings, really start at 2 Kings 6, you'll be able to see that this was in line with what the Lord spoke to occur. This was the providence of God. This was his sovereignty at work. And so I'm saying that because it's so crucial when you find yourself in a space of transition to set a guard over your emotions, right? Like it's so easy to just be so upset walk in frustration, be angry, um, start accusing people of all these different things. It's a, it's a massive time of insecurity. You're not sure. There's so much uncertainty. And yet the question remains. There's a temptation to walk in your feelings, let the insecurity lead you, do all of those things. But we have to see that it's the hand of the Lord that is not only allowing, but he's guiding you into the place of decision. So the question remains, will you trust God, not only with your emotions, but will you trust God to lead you fully into the decision you need to make? Now, one of the parts of this season, we call it, um, Rue named it for me because I'm not the greatest with names, but he calls it U-Haul, Y-O-U-Haul. Okay, you get the play on words. Yes, it was cute. Thank you, Rue. And the, the tagline for that is, only you can move you. And that's the beauty and power of God's sovereignty and personal responsibility at work. When it comes to transition, he's going to lead you. And you have to finally say, you know what? I feel like God is talking here. I feel like he's got me in a place where I now know if I stay at this job, if I stay at this church, if I stay in this friendship, if I stay in this relationship, it's not going to look good for me. I don't necessarily know where I'm going, but I do know the path has a possibility for life. So fam, set before you, you have an option today. There's some folks that I know for sure I'm talking to. You are in this massive season of vacillation. One second, it's like, I'm out of here. Then the next second, it's like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to just stay. I'm going to just stay. It's better if I stay. What's that expression that people use all the time? Better to stay with the devil you know than the devil you don't. Okay, not scriptural. So there's that. Let's just debunk that foolishness. If he's God over where you are, wouldn't he still be God of the uncertainty? And if he's good in the area that you're comfortable with, won't he still be good in the space that you are unsure of, that you don't know about? Isn't he God over your discomfort too? And is it possible that he's causing the discomfort because it's time to move? So fam, the first step of all transition is going to be the ache. Perhaps it was through offense. I am not an advocate of people getting angry, canceling others, and walking away. I think that's a, a moment of pain and immaturity at times. It is That's not always God. But I do also know through scripture, you see it in Acts, that the Lord will sometimes send persecution because comfort is not a Christian principle. So yeah, he will send the tension if that's what it's going to take to get you to move. And fam, we've discussed this in previous episodes. You can feel it in the air. It's time. It's time. Step out. Go for the application. Fill it out. Move. Step out. Greet your neighbor. Then do it again. 
then do it again, move. What we're talking about here is not just a physical move. To be really clear, I'm speaking more of the movement that's required in our souls. So the ache of loneliness, the tension of feeling by ourselves, we don't have to sit in that. Make the phone call. Don't just send the text. A five-minute phone call of a new acquaintance that you met or a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time can begin to move you from a place of loneliness and intense sadness of soul into life-giving, enriching friendship and community. The assignment that God gave you to start a business or to do something, you feel like, oh man, how am I going to do this? I don't have it. Well, look, there's grants. Look, there's funding. Get the application, fill it out, try it. If you sit there, the dream's going to die. If you apply, there's a possibility for life. Oh, you're in a town. You're surrounded by people who do not mean you any good. You know that. Whenever you even try to make strides, they remind you. Now, Keisha, you know, constantly reminding you of your past, where you came from, the stuff you used to do. Bust a move, fam. Make the decision because what? If you stay there, then you know, lepers, you will surely meet your ruin. But if you say, you know what? Good, sweet Aunt Ethel, can I stay with you for a few months and a few towns over, get a new job, make better decisions, save up till I find my own space, drink the word of God, eat the scroll, if you will, grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, set myself in a healthy community. Imagine that three years from now versus you stay in this town. You you know all the people who know all of you. Three years from now, what will that turn out like? And so I want to wrap up here, fam. This season is going to be not only about what to do in our souls as we're doing soul work. It's going to be how can we get to the space of making decisions that not only glorify God, but they bless our souls. And when they bless our souls, they actually edify those in our community. When you think about the people that you admire the most, that you look up to, that you have such a high regard for, do you realize that one of the best things about them was their ability to make wise decisions when it was time for them to transition? They got to a place where they said, this is not working out. I got to get out of this business deal. This is not working out. I can no longer attend this organization. This is not working out. And of course, there's loss, there's pain. That's going to be the next episode. We're going to deal with the goodbye. But the first thing that you have to conquer when it comes to making a transition is you have to conquer the ache. So if there is something on the inside of you that is pressing, where there's tension, and here's the key, where there is no peace, the peace of God is a great indicator of where you are supposed to be. My friends and I, we used to call it when the grace lifted. If the grace lifted off the thing, fam, (laughs) whether it was a card game or an actual event or a position or whatever, if, if the grace is lifted, the oil is gone. Why live a dry life? Why have a dry future? 
when you can simply align yourself with the Lord and get out. So I'm saying this last thing to be clear. I am not just, this is not a podcast where I'm like, everybody should just move quick, head to Atlanta, go to Florida, go to California. No, I'm not, I'm not, this ain't that fam. This is not just moving. So when I say get out, hear me healthily, get out of that relationship, get out of that job, get out of your own insecurity, get out of your own feelings. Feelings will derail you. Get out of the things that you know will not put you towards the path of life. Say la sugar. Thank you so much for being with me today. It was my joy and privilege to be with you. I wanted to make this first episode a bit more conversational because we're trying some things out. Remember, I talked to you about it, experimentation. So let me know. Do you prefer more of a scripting kind of flow or do you prefer when I get into a room by myself and I say, hey, let's really have this conversation. I'd love for you to let me know that. You can hit me up at hello at soulworkwithsan.com. That is hello at soulworkwithsanpope.com. Also, please visit the site, sanpope.com. You can get the merch there. You can also pick up the ebook, Your Soul is Worth the Work. Um, I think you'll really enjoy it. We've also got a couple of treats coming for the holiday season. We're going to drop a devotional for Thanksgiving along with one for Christmas. Those two holidays are just, they're absolutely my favorite. And I think it's important to have some language around them. Also, you can follow me on IG. I'd love for you to be a part. I like to share different things in my stories, recipes, and you know, I'm on this kick now, a proverb, a day keeps the fool at bay. So for the rest of the year, every day corresponding with the proverb. So like, you know, November 12th, Proverb 12. I'll be sharing a verse from that and I think you'll really enjoy it. All right, fam, I'm signing off right here. Remember, there's only one of two statements you're ever going to hear on that fateful day. Well done or depart from me. Let's live accordingly. Love you. Talk soon.